like for you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to preach this morning on the confirmation of the gospel. Uh, you understand that what happened at the tomb on resurrection morning confirms what the Bible teaches about the gospel. And the most important, one of the most important truths, there were, there were two with regard to what we, what we say is the gospel, but uh, the, the resurrection is vitally important. If you look at 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 12. The Bible says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? There were people in Jesus' day, in Paul's day, who even after Jesus had arisen from the dead, were saying that there was no resurrection from the dead. Verse number 13, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and our faith is also vain. You know, if Christ did not arise from the dead, then what we're doing here this morning is of no value whatsoever. Might as well just hang it up and go home and and uh, and do what we do the rest of the week. Just sit around and wait for this virus to be over. But, uh, but the fact is that Jesus did rise from the dead. But if, but if not, then our preaching is vain. Our faith is also vain. Verse 15, yea, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, who he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ, then is not Christ raised. Verse 17, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and you're dead yet in your sins. So Paul says, if, if this is not true, the thing that we preach, the thing that we emphasize if it's not true, then we're all doomed. Your faith is vain. You're yet in your sins. Not only that, not only are we doomed, but those who have died already, even though they died with that faith in their heart, if Christ is risen from the dead, says that, that, that they're perished. Verse 18, then also they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But then Paul says in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. He did rise from the grave. He is alive and our faith is valid. Now, when we talk about the gospel, I would ask you this morning, what, what is the gospel? What would you what would you say? What would your response be? Well, most of you would say three things. Say Jesus died, and that he was buried, and that he rose from the grave. And we would point to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to validate those statements. So let's look at what the Bible says, because I think there's something here that we often fail to acknowledge, and it's very, very important. Notice in verse number three of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, 
how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I want you to notice at the end of that word scriptures, there is not a period. So if it says, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received and then goes on and he's giving us the gospel, then it doesn't end with after that, uh, and, and he was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. It doesn't end there. It goes on. And then he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present and some, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James then of all the apostles and last of all he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. Paul spends a great deal of time talking about all the people that saw Jesus after he rose from the grave. That's significant. I think most of us would say that there's nothing in the scripture that is there by accident. God has a specific purpose in everything that he puts in the word of God for us to read and to, to comprehend, understand, and to benefit from. And so the fact that he said he was seed of Cephas of the 12, 500 brethren, uh, James and the apostles, and then he was seed of me also, that's significant. That means something. Now I want to show you something about the way this reads, at least in, in, in our, our scripture. Notice in verse number three, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Notice this how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. Then we have this statement, and that he was buried. Then in the same verse, it says, and that he was buried. Then it goes on and says, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And then in verse number five, and that he was seen. So Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried. Jesus arose from the grave, according to the scriptures, on the third day, according to the scriptures, and he was seen. Now, think about it like this. How do we know that Jesus died? Well, we have, have several different testimonies. One is that there were people there who saw him die, and they 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 commented the fact that he, that he died. Number two, Jesus said he was going to die. He told his disciples that he was going to die. But all of that, we know that, why? Because of the scriptures. So Paul says Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. So the scripture is a testimony of that, that specific truth that we believe that Jesus died for our sins. It's according to the scriptures. Um, that's a common way to validate that something is true. In other words, if you if you if you go to court, you watch a, a proceedings and a trial. Uh, they have testimony from witnesses. They have people who say, "Yes, I saw so and so. I know he was there at the time because I saw him." And later somebody will say, and the, the newspaper may report, and say that 
this person was at the scene according to the testimony of this person. Well, Jesus died according to the testimony of the scriptures. And we believe the scripture is infallible, so we believe that truth. Well, just the same way that we believe he died, because the scripture validates that, we believe that Jesus arose from the grave because the scriptures validate that. And we know that he rose from the grave because of all of the people that saw him. Now, whether or not those people saw Jesus is important. In verse number 12, Jesus, Paul said, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? That was a common thing back then. Even after Jesus arose from the grave, even after he was seen of those that saw him, there were those who did not believe. And it's significant that they saw him. It's important that they saw him. I want to give you some, some reasons for that. I want you to turn first, if you would, to Luke chapter 24. The scripture gives testimony to not just to the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, but it gives testimony to the fact that people did not believe that he rose from the grave. So Luke chapter 24, verse <clears throat> number Number one, says now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices with them, which they had prepared and certain others with them. So who was it that came to the sepulcher? Uh, notice beginning, uh, well, let's go back to verse 50 of, of chapter 23 and read. It says, and behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the command. Let me stop here for just a moment and make this point. The tomb confirms the death of Christ. These ladies followed them to the sepulcher and they looked at where they had laid the body of Jesus. You understand, of course, that Jesus was buried before the Sabbath and they could not anoint his body at that time. So they had to wait until afterwards. The story of uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were very close friends of the Lord Jesus. And you remember he came to eat with them and Mary anointed him and uh, Martha said, to uh, Jesus said, I don't understand this. I'm here busy working and Mary's just sitting there. And Jesus said, leave her alone. She has done this 
aforehand for my burial. She understood what was going to happen and she was doing it ahead of time. She, she anointed him uh, ahead of time. She did not go with the women. Mary or Martha or neither one with the women that go to anoint his body on resurrection morning. And that was because they understood, I believe very much that they understood that he was not going to be there. There was no need to go because he was not going to be there. She took care of it ahead of time because she understood what Jesus said. Why did she understand what Jesus said? Because of what happened with Lazarus. When Jesus came and Lazarus was dead, been in the grave four days, we didn't read the rest of that story, but Jesus called to Lazarus and come forth and Lazarus came out of the, out of the tomb. You remember when Lazarus came out of the tomb, what else Jesus had to say? He said, loose him and let him go. Why was that? Because he was bound up with the burial cloths. He was bound up with the linen. He had to, they, had to, they had to get it off of him. Now we'll talk about that again in just a moment. But, uh, but these women came to anoint Jesus' body Mary and Martha were not with them. We don't hear anything about it. Jesus didn't appear to Lazarus. We hear nothing about Lazarus after Jesus' resurrection. And, and all of that, I think, is because they were the three that understood exactly what was going on. And they expected Jesus to rise from the grave. So anyway, these women came. In verse number two of chapter 24, it says they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Verse 8 says, and they remembered his words. They said, oh yeah, I remember that. He told us that that's what was going to happen. Jesus told his disciples on multiple occasions that he was going to be delivered into the hands of those who wanted to crucify him. That he was going to die. And, uh, and that he was going to be rising from the grave. So verse number eight says, at this point, they remembered what he said. Verse number nine, they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. Verse 10 tells us who was there. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and other women. We know that Salami was there as well which told these things unto the apostles. But look at verse 11. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Now they had been told the same thing that these women had been told. They had heard Jesus say that he was going to rise again. But at this point, when Mary Magdalene and... and uh, Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and others came and said to them, hey, we've been to the tomb 
and Jesus has risen from the dead. The Bible says they seemed to them as idle tales. Their words did. And they believed him not. Now, we have a, had a tendency to criticize them for not believing. They, uh, they had heard what Jesus said, but, you know, that was that's a pretty big deal for someone to come out of the grave. Again, Mary Martha knew about it. Lazarus, obviously, he was the one that was dead and came back to life. So they understood it all. But the rest of them didn't know a whole lot about what was going on. And they chose not to believe, even though they said it. The testimony of people who heard the angel said he's risen again, like he said he was going to. They chose not to believe it. Turn, if you would, to the book of Mark. In chapter 16. Begin reading at verse number one. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. And then he says, But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him. That's the disciples. And they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. So now you've got not just somebody that comes and says, we've heard that he's alive. Now you've got somebody that comes and says, hey, you know what? I saw him. He's alive. And what happened? They, they believed not. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 12. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. Remember the, the, the story of the Abashro, the, the, the two men, and, and he opened unto them the scriptures, and then he opened their eyes, and they knew who he was. He appeared unto them as they walked and went into the country, and they, these two went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. It didn't matter. Mary Magdalene saw him, said, I saw him. He's alive. They didn't believe. These other two said, we saw him. He's alive. They chose not to believe. Look at verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at me. This is Jesus. And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. 
You see why it's so important that the scripture says he was seen? He was seen of all of these people. Being somebody seeing it, that eyewitness testimony is crucial to the testimony. It's important that people who are telling you something know it for a fact. And so when the Bible says he died and was buried and then he arose and was seen, that's important. It's significant. The fact that he was seen. Now, I want you to turn to John chapter 20. We're going to begin reading at verse number one. This is John's account, and I love the book of John. It's one of my favorite books in Scripture, the Gospel of John, because we see things from such a, a clear light, in such a clear light. Uh, we see Jesus' concern for us. And I, 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 when I say us, those of us who are alive today, in a, in a very specific way. Uh, John chapter 17, um, Jesus is praying and he prays for his disciples. Uh, verse number nine, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And, uh, and he says in verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So he's praying for his disciples, but it doesn't stop there. In verse 20, he says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. You know who that is? That's me. That's you. Jesus, back when he was on the earth, was praying for us. And, and we look at it and we think, well, yeah, but that was a general prayer. You know, he was praying for all of those who were going to believe. Yeah, he's praying for all of those who were going to believe. But he's omniscient. So he knew who it was. And Jesus was praying for me that day, just like he was praying for you and he was praying for his disciples. But look at John chapter 20 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, under the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taketh away, taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first unto the sepulchre. And he stooping then down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, that was John, and he saw and believed. That's the first statement that we have of any of the disciples who actually believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. But then it says in verse 9, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Verse 11, Mary had come back to the sepulcher with those two disciples, 
And it said, she stood without at the sepulcher, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they've laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if you have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. She's still convinced that he is lying somewhere dead, and she wants to find out where it is so that she can get him. And Jesus saith unto her, verse 16, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. She recognized who he was, and then she knew. Verse 18 says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then we have this very interesting story. And this is part of why I say I love the Gospel of John so much. Because it's a, an, an interesting story from a very personal perspective. We're told of the meeting of the disciples. And, uh, and the Bible says, verse 19, Then the same day at evening, meeting the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in their midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you. As my Father seen me, even, sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sends you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sends you retain, they are retained. So Jesus meets with them, sees them. They see him. They know now that he's alive. There's not any unbelief now because they have what? They have seen him. They've seen him. Look at verse number 14. But there was one other one that was not there. Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, in his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Is it important that people saw the Lord after he, after he rose? Absolutely it is. Even after all of this, the disciples say, we've seen him. We met with him. He was in the room with us. He's alive. Thomas says, unless I see him, unless I see him, and I see the print of the nails in his hand, and I put my fingers into his hands, and I see this, the 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 wound in his side and put my hand into his side. I will not believe. Doesn't matter that they they saw him. He was not going to believe until he saw him. Verse 26. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. 
Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And I love these next verses because the very first thing that Jesus did, he said, Peace be unto you. But then he turned and looked directly at Thomas. And he said, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. What a picture of Jesus' compassion and concern for Thomas. Thomas had said, I'm not going to believe unless I see him. Unless I see the print of the nails in his hand, I'm not going to believe. So Jesus came and stood there and said specifically to Thomas, Look, Thomas, here it is. This is what you said you wanted. Look at it. Put your hand on my side. And don't be faithless anymore, but, but believe. And Thomas said, you know what? I believe. But the next verse is one of those powerful times in Scripture. One of those, those life-changing truths that you grab hold of and you understand the significance of. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You know who that is? That's us. We haven't seen him, but we know it's true because he rose again from the grave. According to the scriptures, we have the testimony of the scripture that tells us that he rose from the grave. What does the testimony of the scripture tell us? It tells us that there were grave clothes lying by themselves in the tomb. The tomb confirms that Jesus rose from the grave. It confirms that he died. They went to the tomb to anoint his body. That doesn't happen unless somebody dies. They went to the tomb because that was where he was buried. The tomb confirms that Jesus died. The tomb confirms that Jesus was buried. The tomb confirms that Jesus arose from the grave. And then the testimony of all of those people who saw him after he arose from the grave confirms that Jesus arose. Years ago, Robert Meyer was preaching in our church. I'd never thought of this before. He said, he, he made this point that, that the fact that it was seen is important. He said, the fact that he was buried proved that he died. The fact that he was seen proved that he arose. And if you look at how it's written, Jesus died for our sins according to the scripture and he was buried. And he arose the third day according to the scriptures and he was seen. It's critical to remember that the fact that he was seen is part of the gospel. That's the thing that confirms the truth that we preach. That's the reason that our faith has substance. It's the reason that, that we're not perishing. 
that we have that hope of, of, of eternal life right. is because he arose from the grave. Don't take that for granted and don't get it, ever get to the place where you forget the gospel is that Jesus died and was buried. The gospel is that Jesus arose and was seen. The fact that he was buried confirms his death. The fact that he was seen confirms his resurrection. It's all important. And especially for us, because we could see him. We just have the testimony of those that did. And we believe because of that testimony. Let's bow for prayer.